Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner on this fine Tuesday morning. Happens to be Victory Tuesday, Cody. Victory. How are you doing? Today? Oh, man, it's Victory Tuesday. <laughs> what about a Victory Monday have we recorded yesterday? I was traveling back from being in Erie, Pennsylvania, visiting friends and family, including James here. We got to watch the game together, which was a great time uh enjoyed ourselves he got to meet my girlfriend it was all a fun time we got to hang out with some puppies uh that's just how, that's it, norm- true. That's how it normally goes at your house james <laughs> it's always the puppies. puppies all the time <laughs> um but how are you james what are you cracking open there oh we got another energy drink want to make sure i bring in bring in the energy for the folks today in the pod there we go uh, yeah you're on but, vacation yeah yeah, I'm on vacation, man. It turned out to be a good time with everything going on in the family these days. So yeah, <laughs> lots going on. I'll catch you up afterwards. I don't need to distress the people out about what's going on. <laughs> these days. Got it. Um, but we did have a we had a preseason game, James. You said it's Victory Tuesday. We had a game. Uh, good game. Play. We played well. Terrible talent. Mine is back there. I see it. Um, <laughs> I got like three of them piled up over here. <laughs> and some on the wall. No, I, uh, couple, couple. you know, Pittsburgh obviously got the win in their first preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they did win 27-17, and they didn't look half bad. Uh, I was impressed with how well they played. I will say this. I watched a YouTube video, James, and we'll get to discussing this at some point. Um, it's, it's by a guy who's either a quarterback coach or was a quarterback coach in the NFL. I don't remember exactly, but he he broke down the first drive. He was breaking down Kenny Pickett's drive, and he's like, the first two plays, he's like, this is a Matt Canada offense through and through. He's like, I hate this. He's like, these checkdowns, these dump-offs, these short plays. He's like, don't get me wrong, they're not bad, but like Pittsburgh does this more than any other team in the NFL, and it frustrates me as a quarterback's coach. And he's like, I think he said something like, it frustrates me as a fan. I was like, I know, it does. Uh, Like, there's there's (laughs) no... it's interesting that he said that because I saw a video somebody else did breaking down the drive where Kenny kept on passing up the check down option and taking the options further down after the, the field. After the first two plays, yes. He was talking about the beginning yeah. he was talking about the beginning of the drive, how it felt like it was those two plays were schemed to just do quick completions and the one to Najee in the back basically in the backfield was just a bad play. Um in my opinion. There was yeah, just yeah, he caught and- the ball and there were six dudes on him in like less than two seconds. And to be 100% transparent, I would say probably 98% of offensive coordinators do that at the beginning of the games to build confidence of the quarterback, get a couple cheap, easy completions so that they get in the rhythm and they don't start off on the wrong foot with an incomplete pass. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like that's a little bit of unfair criticism there. Uh, especially when that drive turned out pretty doggone good. I'd have to go back and look and see what he said again. I was watching it late last night. Um, I slept too much during the day yesterday, so I was up a little bit. Uh, But anyways, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Kenny had a good drive. Kenny went 6 of 7 on his first drive for 70 yards and a touchdown. You can't ask for much more. No. Almost a perfect QBR. 7 for 7. Almost (laughs) a perfect QBR. The placement of the balls was great. Uh, he did a good job, as we were talking about, of not just settling for the checkdown when that was the design play. Yeah, that's what he took. But multiple times he extended the play a little bit and uh, made sure to hit whether it was Deontay Johnson or somebody else past the sticks, getting the first downs. We had so much frustration in the last few years of all these passes on third down being short of the sticks, not ending up getting the first downs. That was not something we saw on that first drive. Nope. 
Uh, what we saw was a well-oiled machine and a quarterback that looked like a, a seasoned vet. And this is only his second year in the league, and he didn't even play the entire first season. But, boy, did he look good in that first drive, man. So I was very encouraged, very happy to see what we saw on that. Uh, and then to finish it up the way they did with that pass to George Pickens. Yeah, it was a great pass to George Pickens. George Pickens did a phenomenal job of making people miss after the fact. Uh, George Pickens is proving I, – I almost think – him after the catch is just as electrifying as Antonio Brown was. Um, quite frankly, I think that he has a little bit more strength than Antonio Brown had. And when I say a little bit, I mean a lot of bit. Uh, he's a little taller, a little bigger than Antonio Brown was. But George Pickens is proving to us why he deserves to be wide receiver number one over a guy like Deontay Johnson. Now, don't get me wrong. Deontay Johnson had a decent game. We'll talk about him a little later for just a few seconds, if if at all. But, he, I mean, he did have three catches for 32 yards. But Kenny Pickett is proving why he's starting quarterback. And uh, I'm liking that Pickett to Pickens. And you know what I like even more, James? Yesterday was yesterday was a celebration of that day because it was 814. And you know, I don't, yeah. want to know what else is 814? Erie yeah, County. Erie <laughs> County. 814, baby. <laughs> So all yeah. around, I think it's a good good vibe between Pickett and Pickens, and I think it's going to be awesome to watch that. I mean, the the weapons we're going to have for the years to come is going to be really, really, really exciting. Yeah, I I love that the big criticism on Pickens was that he wasn't getting any yards after contact, and that touchdown play was half yards after contact and making people miss on his way to really effortlessly getting that touchdown. It's only, it's only catch know, the game, too. Yeah, I know it wasn't all starters, but uh, yeah. Yeah, very, very smooth how that went. Uh, past Kenny Pickett, really the, the only other quarterback that had a good night was Mason Rudolph. Uh, we had some struggles from both Mitch and from Tanner Morgan. Uh, but Mason was able to really move the offense and get him in scoring range multiple times. Had a successful two-minute drive at the end of the half. Um, had a, uh, a beautiful, perfect touchdown pass to Calvin Austin the third, really showing off the uh, the touch on the deep ball on that, uh, but also just uh, getting it far enough to get it in front of Calvin Austin. It seemed like that's the, the struggle is a lot of guys aren't used to that speed. Like they know he's fast. They know he's the fastest wide receiver on the team. He might be the fastest wide receiver in the AFC North. Uh, he is very, very fast. Yep. Yeah, I'm curious. But man, to you see gotta them. put it like an extra five yards out there further than any other dude. Uh, and the way he just blew by that guy, just perfect pass for Mason there. And and we regardless of whether you like Mason Rudolph or you don't like Mason Rudolph, you should want him to do really well in this preseason. Cause some of these other teams that are talking about, you know, this rookie and this veteran, or even Tampa Bay for crying out loud. They got Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask battling it out for the starting job. If Mason keeps on putting up performances like that, you can't tell me they wouldn't rather have him over those two guys. True. Uh, so let him keep building his value, and you never know. We might be able to trade him for uh, a couple handfuls of cards or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and we'd love that. We'd love to get something out of him before just letting him. Yeah, get some value. He's on a one-year deal. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought Kenny and Mason, obviously the two best quarterbacks in the game. Uh, both of them threw touchdowns. The other two quarterbacks threw interceptions, but that is what it is. Running back room, obviously. We, obviously. we didn't see a whole lot. We did see some Calvin Austin end arounds, which was nice for rushing stats. 
Um, but as mm-hmm. far as the running backs specifically, Jalen Warren had a light game. We saw a lot of Greg Bell, but no real production. Uh, biggest things here we saw was Anthony McFarland Jr. Uh, solidifying his potential name as the third string running back because, you know, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are locked in. Who's going to be the third guy? Do they even keep three this year? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're going yeah. to, but I just bring the question because you have Connor Hayward, who's a all-around guy who could totally run the ball if we wanted him to, um, and who potentially might play fullback. We'll have to wait and see. There's another name we'll get into a little later about fullback. But Andy McFarland with the rushing touchdown for 14 yards on a play that looked like it was meant to go either up the middle or to the left, and that he bounced it to the right and got outside and made it, you know, made it easy. It made it look easy, I should yeah. say. Uh, untouched in yeah. the end zone, 14 yards. Hasn't lost the step for sure. He's still very quick, yep. uh, but he's gained some size and some muscle. Uh, we saw this multiple times throughout the game, whether it be picking up a blitz and not being bowled over by a middle linebacker coming through or whoever came free. Uh, also, I think on his first carry, I noticed that he just kept on fighting and kept on getting more and more yards, kept on driving his legs. And in previous years, as soon as he had contact with a defender, he basically lost and would get driven backwards. Yep. That's not the case now. He's definitely a stronger individual than he was. Uh, so I'm excited about what we saw, what our first taste in the preseason of Anthony McFarland was looked very good to me. So I'm happy about that. If he becomes the number three running back with some potential on kick return too, because he did line up as a kick returner on the one play, didn't get the opportunity to return it, but he did line up back there. So could be that his path to the, to the team is as a kick return specialist and, uh, and that third down back kind of guy. So, um, I like what I saw from him. Just nobody else really popped that much to me in the running game. No, no, I'd agree with that. Um, but still looking forward to see what happens. I, I want to see some big running plays. I want to see some big gains um, or big hits or stiff arms or something. I want to see someone say, hey, I want this position, even if it's the third yeah. string or second string, whatever. Um, Jalen Warren, technically, that's his to lose. But that was good running from Anthony McFarland for sure. Wide receivers, James. Let's talk about the guys catching the ball. Yeah, man, the young guys really making it happen in this game. Last year's rookie class shined shined really big. Uh, George Pickens, Calvin Austin the third, uh, looking like they could be a real dangerous combination in future years. Um, Deontay Johnson had a couple nice catches, I thought as well, yeah. early in the game. Um, so the important thing we'll for him was three positive. for three, three catches on yeah. three targets. That's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, he did his thing. He's just gonna. Focus on the basics and and uh, keep going positive with that. But really excited about that. And and I know a lot of folks get frustrated seeing all the end arounds and stuff, but those aren't going anywhere. Those are a big part of Matt Canada's offense. Yep. And you have to understand that whether they're successful or not, that keeps the backside linebacker from pursuing when you're when you're running to the right, but you ran a motion to the left with a wide receiver. That linebacker has to stay out there, and he can't run down the line and tackle your running back from behind now because he has to honor the fact that that guy could come around his side and get the handoff, uh, and you could have that jet sweep. And it was very successful multiple times. Uh, so it was nice to see that. We're going to see that more in the regular season. Uh, it's just a way to keep things from getting clustered up yep. uh, and get bunched up on the defense. And the same thing with Calvin Austin going deep. The reason that is so important is because then you can't play just one safety deep. You have to have both of them deep. 
and then that's one less guy in the box that gives Najee and Jalen more room to run. Yep. That that gives them the ability to make that linebacker miss and then have some room to run before they have another defender instead of another safety being there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very important that these parts of the offense go as well as they are. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, we wanted to talk about him briefly because he really showed up on special teams. He was everywhere on the kick coverage unit, on the uh, punt coverage unit, uh, just constantly around the ball almost looked like a defensive back with his instincts the way he was getting in there yep uh so that's very important to see just because you know at this point we feel like the top five wide receivers are pretty much solidified uh but that sixth wide receiver you're probably gonna have to add special teams value whether it be as a return man or as a cover guy mm-hmm. uh, and it showed some pretty excellent cover skills for des uh, on that that particular game so Worth noting on that, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Calvin Austin, the third, having the long touchdown, 67-yard touchdown um, from Mason, Mason. Ru- Mason Rudolph. And then you, George. You can say it. It's okay. George Pickens from Pickett. <laughs> it was all a good time. And then, obviously, Des Fitzpatrick making a name for himself on special teams. Uh, that's an easy way to make a team right there is being good on special teams and, mm-hmm. and a gunner, especially at a wide receiver position where you can have that depth. Um, for yeah. sure. Uh, tight end room. We want to talk Darnell Washington. He only had one catch for nine yards, but he was in there. He was active. It's nice to see the, yeah, the blocking of course. Um, but it was nice to see the fact that he came in and he didn't look like he was confused. He didn't look like he, uh, you know, needed help with anything sometimes. And people talked about him being, being injury prone or having injuries before the off season and before drafting and everything. If he performs the way that we both think he can, he's a steal and a half for this draft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and he seemed very confused um, when talking to reporters about where this came from as far as him having injury issues and having knee issues because he says he's never had any. Uh, so, I love the way he looked in the blocking game. There was one play where a play went to the left in Darnell Washington took somebody five or six yards downfield and then Gentry kicked somebody out and pancaked them. And it was just, it made you smile thinking about these massive tight ends that we've got behind Pat Fryermuth. I mean, Pat's not a small guy, no. but he looks small in the room because of how big these other two are. Uh, and just, just neat to see the dominance from them in the blocking game um, and the potential from it. So uh, will we see these guys get 70, 80 catches and 10 touchdowns? I doubt it. Uh, but the potential for what they can open up in the blocking game and the reliability catching and then getting a couple yards to get that first down. Um, I think the the option of going to them on third down is going to be incredible because you've got very sure hands in the tight end room and big bodies that can fight for that extra yard. You can almost uh, go so, out in a goal line defense at any point in time on first and 10. You can go out in goal line defense and create a mismatch. Yeah. You mean goal line offense? Or excuse me, tight yeah, ends? goal line offense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I agree because if they counter it with a bunch of safeties and linebackers and, and no corners out there, man, you're going to have a tough time covering these tight ends. Yep. That'd be something fun to see. I'd, I'd love to see us first and 10, opening yeah. drive, come out and goal line. Yeah, and then before set, you just – <laughs> you say Audible. that keyword and everybody goes out. Fullback, you had because yeah. quite for, look at that. You could have Fryermuth, Gentry, Washington, and Hayward with Najee in the backfield. Yeah. 
that's that's wild. some some real headaches. That's some real headaches for people, man. The screen game could be really crazy. Cody, imagine the screen game with these blockers out in front this year. Holy cow, that just popped in my head. Wide receiver screens and running back screens could be way more effective with these tight ends. Yep. Yep, super excited for that. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, Offensive line, we want to talk about a couple guys here. Um, James, you want who? Robert Jones. Robert Jones. Yeah, Broderick Jones, first off. There was one play where a guy got inside him on his inside pad. The running back missed his chip. Uh, I don't know if he was counting on the chip to help out or not, but the guy got into his pads, drove him back a little bit. Other than that play, Broderick had a really good night. And he played a lot. yeah, he played a ton. He's, he started the game out, what, the second offense. I think Dan Moore started with the first offense, and he yep. was in the second offensive line. Uh, so basically the second series he was in there. And then they brought him back in later on in the game to get him a little turn. Uh, so I like it. Uh, Spencer Anderson, the seventh-round rookie offensive lineman, as far as I saw, he played at least three positions. He started at right tackle. He had some right guard. He did some left guard. The versatility is incredible. His anchor looks really good. Mm. When people try to bull rush him, it doesn't work. Uh, so I really like seeing that. And he was one of those dudes that athletically measured very well. Uh, he was strong. He, he ran well. His jumps were good. Uh, that kind of stuff. When you looked at that RAS score on Spencer Anderson, he was really high, just like the rest of the draft picks this were this year. In that nine-plus category, very yep. good athletically. Uh, so I'm excited to see that. It seems like he might be somebody that they're really enjoying moving all over the place. And with some of the weaknesses of some of the other players, that might be more important. Um, Nick Herbig, I thought I had, or Nate Herbig, I should say, had a nice night snapping the ball. He looked very strong and, and honestly more mobile than I expected. Yeah. This is my first time really watching him. And he's like this 335, 340-pound guy. He kind of looks like he has a, a semi-sloppy build, almost more like a Ramon Foster type, where there's a little bit of unhealthy weight with the good weight, but he still moves good. Yep, He moves way better than I thought he would. Uh, so I was impressed with Nate Herbig. Uh, and as impressed as I was with him, I was unimpressed with our last guy, Cody, and I think so was everybody else, including yourself. Yep. Yeah, Mr. Kendrick Green did not play the part, look the role, or anything at the offensive line position. He got bulldozed and blown up at one point. Um, He missed a key block on the offensive line. He got called for holding. Um, He had a bad snap that unfortunately led to – I don't even remember what that led to. I know that we got the ball I think somebody just had to jump on it. I think it was was, a big loss. I think it was Mason that had to jump on it. Yeah, I think Mason Um, had to jump on the ball and just eat the play. Yeah. Um, so just unfortunate, and it brings to question, and James thought we were going to see it in this game. We ha- we didn't happen to see it in this game. Is this a no. guy that we're going to move to fullback? Is this going to be the new fullback on the team? We di- I don't think we saw any fullback play. Nope. Well, no one. I saw one snap where the fifth string tight end, uh, Dorian Williams okay. or whatever his name he lined up as a fullback. That's the only time I saw them really use a fullback Got the it. entire game, I think. So yeah. I'm curious if in the second preseason game we're going to see um, – Kendra Green at the fullback position because quite frankly, I don't think his position on this team anymore is on the offensive line. I don't even think if he doesn't play fullback, I don't think he makes the 53 at this point. I really I, don't. I'm with you on that. His offensive line play is bad enough, or at least was in this first preseason game. He's got a chance to correct it. He's got two more games, uh, but it's more of the same of what we saw the last two years from him. So I really don't expect it to get corrected. 
um, bigger defensive linemen, longer defensive linemen are just going to give him issues because yep. he doesn't have that length. Um, so for his sake, I really hope he gets a chance to play more fullback in the next couple of games because I do think it's pretty exciting what he's capable of doing at fullback. Um, it's just horrifying what he's not capable of on the offensive line and how that gets somebody hurt. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, Keanu Benton had a phenomenal game. Uh, James and I both thought he he fits the role. He yeah, fits he the part of the big nose tackle that we're looking for, the big guy up front. Um, I don't even know. Dominant. Insanely dominant. I don't even know if he registered a stat. That's what I'm curious about. No, he had like three tackles, and, and one of them was a tackle for loss. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was he was behind the line on the on the wrong side of the scrimmage nonstop and in a good way. You know, just penetrating. These interior offensive linemen could not handle him. Uh, he was way stronger than them, and he ran second-team nose tackle. Fajoko ended up third-team, so he got in there pretty early in the game. Um, and I know that they played some of their starters pretty pretty heavy into the game. We noticed their one starting guard um, – now, now his name's escaping me, uh, but he ended up playing right tackle for a large portion of the game. So some of those guys did get a pretty good burn, but just he, he just looked bigger and stronger than everybody else, man. That was my big takeaway is that, you know, these guys come out and you see the measurable 6'4", 315. Okay, obviously that's a very large human being, but what does it look like? It looks good, man. <laughs> the dude is very well built. He's big in his upper body, his chest, and his arms, uh, and he moves pretty well for his size, too. Uh, so I'm excited about this. I feel like this is one of those things where he's only going to be nose tackle for a couple of years, and then when Cam Hayward retires, he's going to kind of slide into that that Cam Hayward-type role of being more of the defensive end-slash-interior pass rusher. Um, but fantastic game from him, and I was very encouraged by Marvin Leal and Isaiah Loudermilk. Uh, both of them got a lot of a lot of burn in this game and looked stout against the run. That was the big question mark with both of these guys. Can they defend the run? Can they give you anything in pass rush? DeMarvin Leal got in on a sack, right? Yep. So great to see. Uh, and again, Leal, the size was a question. Is, is he going to be able to handle being an interior defensive lineman and also play some outside linebacker? Looked like it was no problem for him, man. Uh, and I thought Loudermilk was very disruptive against the run. Very. Not so much as far as rushing the passer, but that's never been his forte. But very disruptive against the run. Just They weren't moving him. They nope. weren't moving him. He wasn't getting driven backwards. Uh, so very encouraging by the, the young defensive linemen in this group. We've been wondering for a few years what's the next generation, especially after Stefan Tuitt retired early. Um, what was it going to be? Who are going to be the guys that can the, the torch can be passed to? Uh, there's some promising potential in these three guys. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they have to offer. And, you know, we talked about it. This is potentially the future of the team here. We've always had decent defensive linemen when you think about winning Super Bowls and stuff like that. Casey Hampton, uh, Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel, the freaking beard. Mm -hmm. Uh, This, you know, this could be the next step in that defensive front that Pittsburgh has that's so, you know, powerful and aggressive and have the mean toughness to them that we've been honestly somewhat missing. I feel like minus Cam Hayward, um, Stefan Tewitt had a little bit here and there, Tyson Alawala a little bit, but like 
those guys I felt like were so hit or miss with injuries and stuff that like Cam's been the only one consistent on that line for the last yeah I don't know how long. Um, yeah, you're right. We had a couple of great seasons out of to it, but he was injured a lot. Yep. Uh, and then like I feel like Alu Alu gave us like one or two really good years at nose tackle and then fizzled. Yep. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what these guys have to offer and what the potential is with them moving forward, for sure. Now, there's somebody else we want to talk about in the outside linebacker position, and only one guy specifically. And it's a guy that belongs here, James. It's a guy that belongs oh, yeah. here. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Herbig, not Nate, but Nick, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, Correct. Nick Herbig. Um, showing that he's going to be a good transitional piece as far as rotations. And arguably, in my opinion, could probably win a starting job on 90% of the other teams in the NFL right now. <laughs> he uh, looks like it, doesn't he? <laughs> which is unfortunate for us because we're going to have to pay him big money if we want to keep him. But he's on a rookie not deal, thankfully. Years. Yeah, not for four years. Uh, <laughs> no, just played the part really well. He ended this, the game with three total tackles. He had a sack and a half. Uh, just his, his ability to make uh, a, an offensive lineman over overextend themselves one direction and alternate back was just amazing. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Yeah. He showed everything in this game, right? He showed like mm -hmm. four or five pass rush moves. He beat the guy to the outside. And again, this was the starting left guard that had moved to the right tackle at this point. That's who he abused was a starting offensive lineman who was playing a little right tackle. I'm not sure why, if they were just trying to work on that particular guy's versatility yeah. or what, uh, but Starting left guard, playing right tackle, smoked him on the outside on one play, did a really nice counter to the inside and beat him hard on the inside move. Uh, just you're seeing what all the offensive linemen from camp have been talking about, how really quick he is around the edge. The one time like, he, he is very disruptive. Yeah, man. the one time he hit the running back in the backfield, he was he was on his hands and knees, but never actually yeah. went to the ground. Yeah, he, he just stayed, kept on going. That's crazy. <laughs> bear crawling just like you're taught in camp from when you're like middle school age man never give up on a play if you can bear crawl to it you do it and boy the determination grit very very quick uh and showed a little bit of power getting guys to the ground pretty easily too so i'm really excited about her big you know there was a lot of question marks will he have to move the middle linebacker is the length going to be an issue for him uh, so far, so good. Let's see how he does in the next couple of preseason no. games. Middle linebacker, has a, great. middle linebacker has enough people there right now. Let's be real. Um, and we, <laughs> we want to talk about, honestly, three of them, I think, personally. We have two written down. Uh, yeah, Mark, I was Mark, just thinking the third one, too. Yep. We're, we're thinking the same one. Same I know one we probably. are. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Robinson, the, the guy from last year, the only remaining guy on the team in the middle linebacker room from last season, uh, showing up. Being active, being near the ball, he had six total tackles, four solos on the game, uh, which in a preseason He's game, all over. yeah, but in a preseason game, that's a lot. It, it really is. Preseason games, for whatever reason, fly by so much faster than than regular season. I think it's because the teams aren't trying to necessarily like score big points or this or that. They're trying to play different things and see different scenarios, and so they take their time a little bit more. I think in these preseason games, minus two minute drills, because you. You want to see what the offense can do when rushed and stuff like yeah. that. We got to see that. But Mark Robinson had a great game with those six tackles. And then also, um, you want to talk about the the other guy, Nick Kwiatkowski, who, yeah. I, who I thought Nick had a good was game. very active, you know, uh, very active in the secondary. Um, 
that was what stuck out to me the most. It seemed like he was a lot quicker than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a veteran, that's well, I want to say he's kind of an older vet, isn't he? He's like 28 or 29 or something like that. He's been in the league for a few years. He started for a couple of years for the Raiders, I believe. Um, he's been around. He showed that he had really good awareness as a coverage linebacker. That was what impressed me the most is his ability to find the ball and disrupt passes in the secondary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, on one play, he dove to break it up and kind of exposed his shoulder and injured it. Uh, We don't know exactly how bad it is quite yet. Uh, It sounds like he avoided any super serious injury. Hopefully, he just kind of strained it, and he'll be able to play in the next couple weeks. But love the way he moved around. Great pursuit to the ball, uh, and his instincts seem pretty awesome, honestly. So. Uh, I was excited about him. Let me guess who your number three middle linebacker is. I don't know why he slipped my mind when I was doing the pregame. I, I know. Pre-show notes here. Uh, but Quan Alexander, right? That's got to be it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, what a hitting machine, huh? Uh, he got the play early, and everybody on offense knew it because he was blowing people up, man. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and the one yeah. – the one- I believe one of the tackles or something he got flagged for, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Yeah. Um, he did, but he didn't. He didn't hit him in the head. He he had his, his head off to the side. He hit him in the shoulder with his head. It was just one of those knee jerk reaction things from the ref because it was such a hard hit. Yeah. Um. But no, it was a great great game for him, proving that he has a reason to be on this team as well. So, quite frankly, I, out of those three guys, I think Quan and. Mark Robinson are shoe-ins at this point for the 53. Yeah. Um, Nick mm-hmm. has a little bit more to put forward and effort to, to put in. But Alanda Roberts, you know, and and Cole Holcomb and Tanner Muse are all guys. Well, Cole Holcomb's on the team for sure as well. Um, yeah. Alanda, yeah, Cole Alanda, looked fine. Alanda Roberts, I don't know about at this point. I didn't feel like he really jumped off the tape when watching the, no. the game. I almost – I don't know that I ever noticed him making a play. And I, I have no idea how many tackles he had or anything like that. But it didn't seem like he was really jumping off as being much of an impact player. Uh, so if if there's a takeaway from me is that I think the depth at middle linebacker is a lot stronger than we thought it was. We were really worried that the team didn't really like it. And I think maybe it was just more so that there's some – some talent that they wanted to add there. Kwiatkowski yeah. looks like he was a great ad. Alexander looks like he was a great ad. Tanner Muse looked really stiff to me. It looked like his change of direction was difficult. Uh, he oftentimes took a few extra steps in order to change directions. Uh, so it does make me wonder if maybe he's got like a groin injury going on or something because that's very difficult to change directions when you've got a, a nagging groin injury. Yep. Uh, if he doesn't and he's just that stiff, then I don't see him making the team. Yeah, that would be very unfortunate for him. But again, that's what you kind of, kind of got to look forward to and and see. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited that I've. It, it seems like we went from having no middle linebackers to too many, and I don't know what's going to happen. Now. It's crazy. <laughs> good problem. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a good problem to have. Cornerback room. There's two guys that were on the field 90 percent of the game. It felt like holy crap. Uh, James yeah. Pierre and Barku. Never Luke Barku. It, it felt like they never left the game. And you kept talking yeah. about it the whole game. You're like, they're still out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like late in the third quarter, and it was still Pierre and Barku at starting corner. Uh, saw a big rotation at um, slot corner. It seemed like everybody got a chance to play slot corner. And again, I, I forgot to write, write down a name that I'm definitely going to bring up. Elijah yeah. Riley, I thought, had a really nice game. Uh, very active against the run. 
um, very much so involved in, in tackling and getting to the defender. Uh, so I really liked what I saw out of Elijah Riley at slot corner. Unfortunately, Duke Dawson injured his knee pretty badly late in the game. He was also playing some slot corner. Uh, and then I, I know we saw some uh, – some of the new guy there, the Minnesota Viking in slot corner as well. Oh, uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was in there also. Yeah, I yeah, lot, but, lots of guys getting opportunities there. Yeah, Barku didn't seem to pop on paper, like pop on paper or no. the gameplay, quite frankly, which might have been a good thing in all honesty. Um, he, he, I feel like they were targeting Pierre. He ended up ten tackles in the game, uh, and it's good that he was getting his guy to the ground and that sort of thing, uh, but. Oftentimes when a guy on the other side has zero tackles, it's because he just wasn't getting targeted. Yep. And does that mean that his coverage was that good? Maybe. Could be. Maybe. Or was the other coverage just that bad? We don't know. We have to go back and watch or was the... He, or was he so far away that he couldn't even get the tackle? We got to go watch the 22-man <laughs> yeah. tape again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the only two guys we're going to talk about in the quarterback room. We didn't really get to see a whole lot of anybody else. Um, you did mention Elijah Riley as well. He did play well in the corner. He ended the game with two tackles. Um, safety position, you, you know, the safety position is again, we know the top three guys who's going to be that fourth guy to make the team. Well, Trenton Thompson had a, a nice pick in the game, and then also Kenny Robinson, my guy from you know, West Virginia, uh, had a decent game as well. I felt like he started, he didn't have any plays where he got. To completely torched or missed tackles or the things that I was used to seeing from Terrell Edmonds, bad lines at chasing the the running back or wide receiver. Um, not saying that won't happen with him, but like it's just things that didn't pop out that I've seen in the past from other safeties. So Kenny Robinson had four tackles. Trent Thompson obviously had the um, the interception in the game as well as a tackle that I believe he registered in the game. Decent play from safeties, thinking that, that you're starting three weren't playing your top three weren't playing four four if you count norwood too that's he didn't true. play either that's true yeah yeah so good play out of the safety room i don't know if you have anything else to say about those guys no no i liked how active trenton thompson was that's again the first time i've seen him play uh for pittsburgh robinson i thought looked looked the part you know he was all over the place getting involved in tackles uh trenton thompson brought the right energy i felt yep uh, and that's important in that room. It could be could be a nice option for the practice squad when you're looking to fill out a 16-man practice squad. You might want a couple of safeties on there, and I think Trenton Thompson did himself a favor with that and has a potential of being one of those guys on the practice squad now. Yeah, definitely have to see what happens with the safety room. I'm excited for all of this. All, all of these guys played you know, a decent game, 27-17 to 17 victory. Always is a good time to start the preseason off. You got something else to say. What's up? Yeah, how about B.T. Potter's leg, man? It's a lot stronger than I thought for a little dude. Yeah. He's not real big, but he was booting those kickoffs out of the end zone. So yeah, and that's kick, kind of impressive. Kicked to 30, all his kicks. 30 and 43 yarder as well as the three. Three? Yeah, three um, extra points. So perfect yeah. game for him. A couple of them were close. A couple of them were real close. He doinked one in. Yep. Uh, he had a couple of them that just kind of snuck in the uprights. But in the end, he made them all. So good job by him. Yeah, that's what matters. Uh, moving on to a couple of things that happened over the course of the last two or three days. Um, Steelers did sign another middle linebacker by the name of Forrest Ryan, and they did waive mm -hmm. uh, injured uh, Chappelle Russell, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and when we say wave slash injured, 
What that means is they're going through the waiver process. If nobody claims him, he reverts back to Pittsburgh and he goes on the injured reserve. Uh, the only reason that this is a thing is because there are certain guys that you don't want to take the chance of losing. You put them straight to the injured reserve. There are certain guys that if somebody else wants to claim them, then it won't count against your salary cap for them going on the injured reserve. So you give them the opportunity to be claimed by somebody else with that designation, which indicates that they are injured. You are intending on putting them in the injured reserve. If somebody would like to steal them, they can do so have them be on their own injured reserve instead. Yep. Uh, so that's all it is with Chappelle Russell. Unfortunately for him, he injured his knee on special teams. Didn't even get a chance to play on defense. And I was excited to see him on defense. Because uh, I was hearing a lot of good things coming out of camp from him, uh, but unfortunately we didn't get a chance to see that. Some room and movements in the secondary there too, right, Cody? Yeah, yeah. So they also signed a cornerback by the name of Lavert Hill, and they did waive cornerback Isaiah Dunn. Now again, that's Isaiah Dunn is just off the team, no waive, no injury, no nothing. He's just on the waiver wire, uh, and they did place Duke Dawson on IR, which Duke Dawson again we saw to get to play. A decent amount of slot corner. Duke Dawson had a great breakup in the back of the end zone. That probably would have been a touchdown had he not been there. And unfortunately, that's the play he got injured on. Um, I want to say it was a knee injury by the looks of it, and it did it not was. look it was did not look good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So unfortunate for Duke Dawson. That was a guy that we had. I think you had Megan year fifty three, if I'm not mistaken. No. Nope. Um, no, I had Elijah Riley. Elijah Riley. So there, but that's very unfortunate. He was a guy we talked about fighting for that starting position. So. We'll have to wait and see what happens with him. That's it for this show. Uh, please make sure if you guys haven't already, if you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple iTunes or wherever you happen to be listening, be sure to give those five-star reviews. We appreciate those things so much. You can also give them on Facebook. But thank you guys so much for watching watching and listening. If you're on YouTube watching, uh, be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.